And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both when Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on young Zach. Aggressive ZB is back, baby. Don't feel bad for me. I've had quite a few bazookies in my life. (laughs) Wait, you don't think I'm bringing the energy? I mean, you can't actually be excited to be back from your honeymoon. (laughs) Sure you can. I'm excited for this podcast. Excited for this podcast. Excited Excited for this this podcast. podcast. Excited Excited for this podcast. podcast. I'm excited for every podcast. I could say for the first time in the history of this show, I'm excited for this podcast. Zach, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm nervous about this podcast. (laughs) Hello, everybody. A fantastic New intro there, courtesy of Defop Ben Harris putting that together. Zach, how you doing? Excited for this podcast. Uh, no, doing great. Uh, you know, it it was like the first day of school. I was so excited today when I woke up. Um, thrilled for this. Uh, curious about. I shouldn't say curious. Excited in a different way, in a melancholy type of way for the podcast post shield. I hope you guys I don't know have if need to say his name. Have started to come off your high from uh, an outstanding performance last week from both of you and uh, excited for football now. And you know what the good thing is as we as we prepare for training camp, you know, training camp day one is in the books. The good news is that now that that guy's gone, we can sort of get rid of like the nonsense and really focus on football. <laughs> so I guess you're not saying his name. Is that correct? I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so there is – you know, I, I I will say there's so much to discuss now about the Eagles. There's real legitimate things happening on the field that we're seeing. There will be developments every day. We'll have more of a basis to form these opinions and evaluations and analysis. Uh, so, yeah, this is a really good time. Training camp is good for the pod. It's good for our coverage. It's an exciting time. Of yeah, year. I mean, for uh, you know, we are we are very fortunate that we get to watch training camp. You know, uh, there was the comparison drawn today between you know the the old days of Lehigh practice versus what happens at Novacare now, where it's a, a select few fans get to watch. You know, we're very fortunate that we get to watch, and this is the one time of year when we get to watch full practice and you know, as you said, develop our opinions on these guys. Before we get to it, Marissa, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, huge shout out to Ben Harris because that was awesome. Um, I'm missing, you know, that person we're not supposed to be naming, but um, excited to hear about what's going on uh, in Philly at training. He'll never listen to another one of these episodes. <laughs> it's it's totally fine. All right, what's uh, Northeast Ohio like this time of year? Um, it's actually been beautiful here. There's like no humidity. It was like 75 degrees yesterday. I went on a nice long walk, listened to a few podcasts. It was glorious. But today it's raining, so you know, not bad, but. Not not a lot of humidity, which is very nice. So let's Can't let's complain. channel Tuesday's weather when we're there in three weeks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Uh, well, you know there is a lot to get to. We are gonna do uh, we're gonna do a little draft in this episode. I think the what moves your needle point draft, the things that Zach and I are most excited to see and follow over the next couple of weeks before we get to the preseason. You know, during the 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 heat and heart of training camp. Uh, before we do that, though, we'll also have a Quactus report. But before we do that, I mean, we had practice today. We talked to people on the podium. We got to send it over. Send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman, Zach Berman, on the scene from his house. The Philadelphia Eagles were back on the practice field Wednesday, and they have the healthiest Roster in recent memory entering training camp, there were three players who were placed on the PUP list. Brett Toth, Tyree Jackson, and Richard Rodgers. 
Uh, so those are the only players with injuries that have lingered from the preseason into, oh, I'm sorry, from the offseason into training camp. Additionally, there were five players who were not full participants in practice. Uh, Jason Kelsey, Zach Pascal, Carrick Wheatfall, Fletcher Cox, and Anthony Harris. Now, Kelsey, Wheatfall, Cox, and Harris are returning from COVID. Cox and Harris were limited. Kelsey did not participate. Neither did Wheatfall. Zach Pascal is listed with an illness that is not included, or that's 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 not of the COVID variety. Additionally, uh, we spoke to Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. Uh, not much news to discuss. I, I think the big position of emphasis right now or focus is safety. Howie Roseman kind of said this is Marcus Epps' opportunity. They want to see more from Kayvon Wallace, but they're always looking. Uh, you, you had Nick Sirianni kind of talk about what's different from first camp to second camp. And then we also spoke to Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, and Devontae Smith. You spoke to some other players as well. As far as what would as far as what we'd cover in the news report, I would simply say Brandon Graham, a full participant in practice, no setbacks, no limitations after tearing the Achilles tendon last September. All right. Exciting stuff. Thanks, Zach. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I guess not Can't tomorrow wait. on Friday. Uh, okay, before we get to the, the Quactus report, some of the things we saw, and maybe we just sort, sort of wheel that into uh, our draft, um, I think the big topic of discussion today, and I know that it's very much on your radar, you already looked at the uh, Nick Sirianni's record in the first four games of his career each season as a as a uh, quality control coach, but the, you know, the relative lightness of not just, you know, today's practice, but the schedule over the course of the next few weeks, a lot more walkthroughs. Mm -hmm. You know, today's practice was 58 minutes. That was it, in and out. Uh, and I think some guys took umbrage to the idea that it was a light practice. They said, you know, we got our got our work in. It's high intensity. But uh, what is your your sort of overall uh, take on on that? And uh, you know, is it is it do you like do you think it's a big deal? So it's interesting to me as far as it being a big deal. We'll see how they start the season. And, and again, I, I don't want to imply, you know, like I, I, I don't want to say that 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 correlation suggests causation. Right. If they start off poorly this season, it's not it might not be because of their practice schedule or because they had a limited offseason program. But it is very clear that that Nick Sirianni is taking the cues from the training staff, from the medical staff. I mean, they they were light last year as it was. Now, I, I, I don't put much credence into the time of practice today because they're in a ramp-up period across the league. I, I think there's a five-day ramp-up period before you can hit. But what really jumps out to me is the schedule. And the Eagles have four walkthroughs scheduled before the first preseason games in dates that were practices last year. So this was an adjustment. And the science behind it is based on the, the from their data, soft the soft tissue injuries usually occur on the third day. So, for instance, players reported yesterday they had their their conditioning um, test. Yes, their their conditioning test. They were on the field again today. So tomorrow is a walkthrough because if they had a hard practice tomorrow, the data suggests there will be uh, soft tissue injuries. So that's that's kind of the why behind it. But this this is not the Andy Reid Lehigh training camps, right? This is because this is. A, a new age, you know, if, if we have Tony Ascenda here, he'd say like, like this is, this is boomer football practice or, or I'm sorry, not boomer. Football zoomer. Practice. This is the, yeah. Zoomer football practice. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, um, I think it's like anything else where there are uh, positives and negatives. There are benefits and takeaways. I think the goal obviously is for the team to be as healthy as possible and for the starters, you know, to be as healthy as possible. I think that is what their goal should be. Uh, and and to your point, like I don't think that we could even necessarily say that there is is uh, causation. Like if if they don't practice a lot and they lose a couple games in the beginning of the season, there's really no way to determine if those things were related. Um, I, the flip side is, I mean, obviously, like you know, you and I we want to go out there and watch uh, like a, a bunch of guys do Oklahoma drills for three hours and get like crazy uh, crazy stuff going on. But I, I think it makes sense that that they like you know. Football is a brutal sport. Making it through the an entire season should be the goal. Like being light now makes sense. The bad the bad news is that like it's it means uh, less opportunity for guys at the bottom of the roster 
to make an impact. Yeah. Like, think about the cornerbacks. They got 12 cornerbacks here, right, on the roster. There's only nine spots on, like, in practice. Uh, you know, they're going three deep, and they have three teams. And so, like, today, they're rotating at the bottom where, you know, guys like Mac McCain and, and Ross Blackwell and Mario Goodrich, these undrafted guys, they get, like, two reps a day. That's it. That's all they get. And it, it means that the preseason is going to be more important for them, uh, obviously. And I think that is like if if you choose one or the other, obviously you're going to prioritize the the ones and making sure that they're ready. But the balance is that you you, you know you might you might end up missing out on uh, who was the best 50, 51st player um, in service of protecting the top, which which I think is the right thing. But but I think that is sort of the trade off. It's fascinating you say that because before you came on, Marissa and I were having this same conversation, right? Where that's that's the exact point that I made, right? Yet yeah, that I would uh, just like to say that I wasn't late. I was in the wrong room, so I, I, I never said the word late. No, no, but you you yeah. said before I came on, you guys were yes. talking. So I just want to set that record straight. Well, I I try to work on Coughlin time, so <laughs> I try to come on five minutes early. I was I was on like ten minutes early, and I was just sitting there waiting for you guys. And it wasn't until two fifty nine that I realized, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, that's a really good point, though, and it's something, frankly, that I thought was especially applicable during the spring because the spring would have been an opportunity for those down-the-depth chart guys in particular to get reps, right, uh, and to kind of get an, an introduction to to the scheme, to the way they practice because, because let's be honest, once they get into, like, the second preseason week, the third pre – well – the second preseason week, they're they're going against the Browns. The third preseason week, they're going against the Dolphins. Those joint practices are going to be heavy ones. That's going to be the preseason games for the ones. Uh, the preseason games, like you said, will be a chance for those down the depth chart players, but they're going to have fewer practice reps. And the, it, I'm sorry, fewer practice reps. And then once you get past that third preseason game, all the focus is on Detroit. Now to the topic of the slow starts. Again, I'm 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 not saying that. This is that they could start slow because of this, but I do think it's it's something to monitor because Nick Sirianni's teams have historically started fairly slow. Uh, since um, I, I looked this up, like you mentioned, since Sirianni started coaching in the NFL, he's been a part of 13 teams. Only three of them have had a winning record after four games. Now, I don't want to overstate this when you're a quality control coach in Kansas City. I mean, no disrespect to the quality control coaches, but, but you're not directly impacting. Um, or even I'd say tangentially Im Im impacting the win-loss record. But the combined record through four games of those 13 teams is 20 and 32, right? And Nick Sirianni specifically pointed out last year that his teams peak late in the season, right, based on uh, that that's the way it, it was under Frank Reich. So I'm curious to see how they come out and the, the kind of wrinkle here, and you pointed this out when we first saw the schedule, if you go back to the schedule podcast, the Eagles can't afford a slow start this year uh, because this year's schedule as uh, it's the opposite of, of last year where the, the easier part, if you will, comes earlier in the season. The difficult part is the middle and the end. So they can't necessarily bank on going, you know, seven and two down the stretch this year. Don't you think now, I mean, it's two separate things. One is like, you can't really, like game the system so that you're going to be like, okay, we're going to be the kind of team that's better at the end of the season than in, in the beginning sure. of the season. But if you could, wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather be better at the end? Well, yeah, sure. I, I mean, you, you don't want to be a cliff Kingsbury team where, you know, you're, you're, you're dominating. Comp uh, I shouldn't say dominating. Uh, uh, winning for cliff temper in October and then struggling down cliff. the stretch. Yes, plenty of money. Um, but, uh, now, and, and once again, I, I also don't want to say that just because they're practicing like this, they're going to start off slowly, or even if they start off slowly, it's because they're practicing like this. It's just something to keep in mind. That's that's the only thing. It's one of those things to, to keep in the back of your head, if you will. It's interesting. It's interesting. I think I, I really like the proof uh, in the pudding here is if they make it to the regular season healthy. Like yep. I, I care less about if they're, uh, you know, two and two through four games than if what this is designed to do is successful in doing doing that. Like if they make it to the regular season and they haven't suffered any big soft tissue injuries, then like then it worked to some degree. And, and you know, there's still we're still talking about just like 
minor improvements of percentages and it's, it's like it's unlikely that they're going to make it through all the way but you know if that's successful then then it was worth it and the one thing I, I would add too is that in my time covering the team this is year 11 for me um flex. there's <laughs> is is that a flex i, I mean I, I think uh i think i think i'm getting old here right i mean i was like the young guy when i started i'm i'm 36 now and you're 11 i'm I don't want to be talking about the Lehigh days. I haven't uh, done. I haven't. Uh, I haven't added it up. I'm, I would imagine. Okay. It's got to be. Probably, the, the, the you're probably more than that. that. You're probably. Well, more I started than before that. you, but then I was gone. You got for, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was. I was going to say the there's there's not always a correlation either between those who perform well and those who don't perform in in, in, in training camp and it, with their season performance. And the example I'll give is that. If you go back and rewind the tape to your podcasts with Shiel in, well, I don't know if you were probably talking about this in August 2017. You guys were just starting, just kind of getting the chemistry. Mm. Uh, but Nick Foles, like, that, was a, that was a major concern going into the season. Like Foles, Foles was missing a lot of time. Um, he he was, you know, he he really didn't get many reps. And then he goes on, he wins the Super Bowl MVP that year, right? So, uh, and, and then the flip side, Last, you know, how many times, well, I, I shouldn't say how many times because I could probably count them. I distinctly <laughs> remember writing, this is JJ, I think, a white side season, right? Or like Jalen Did you Rager. really write that? Yeah, that, I mean, Howie Roseman had all these people texting him after that Baltimore game in 2019 that this guy was the steal of the draft, right? Uh, I mean, we've, Jalen, we've been over this. That's yeah. a, that, that's a, a clear indication <laughs> that the guy sucks. Uh, Jalen Rager looked good last year, didn't he? In, in training camp? No. He, he looked Oh, he okay. flashed. He had a couple nice plays. He flashed. It okay, not, he flashed. It was not consistent. Um, and uh, so, so my my point is is that a guy who performs well during August does not necessarily thrive in November. You know, it's I, I went back and looked at my uh, my ranking at the end of camp last year of like everybody's performance relative to expectations. And mm -hmm. I, and it was actually it actually did sort of hold up well. I think. Oh, look at that flex. We, we talked. Yeah, we talked about it. Like. It was uh, like Javon Hargrave was so good in camp last year. Josh Sweat was so good. And we were talking at the time about how, like, if these guys don't go on to have a good season, then the summer doesn't matter. Like, and so it was sort of refreshing to see that sometimes the, you know, when guys are playing at that high of a level, it does, it does sometimes carry over. Well, some of us, I would say some of us just said that about Josh Sweat, he was playing to expectations, right? Some of us, but I mean, what, what were his expectations? <laughs> Pro Bowl season. Okay. Um, all right. Why don't we take a, why don't we take a little break and then we'll come back and talk about uh, the things that we're most excited to see. And as we do that, we'll sprinkle in some of the things that we did see today. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Out of 83 players last year, where do you think Jalen Rager ranked in my ranking of their, their performance? 37. 61st. So. Oh, 
So you were right on the money then. As always, Zach. As always. All right, let's do uh, let's do a little draft here. We're gonna do the what moves your needle point. Wait, I thought we're doing Quackus report. Well, I think we're gonna sprinkle it in. Okay. I can't believe I just said Quackus report. By the way, you want to do Quackus report first? I thought maybe we would like we talk about something and then say what we saw. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you're the host. I'm. I'm. No, no. This is. A, I'm being a backseat this, driver this here. It's not a, a dictatorship. We're we're all in this together. We're all trying to find our sea legs in the post uh, whatever his name is world. So, you know, you have suggestions. Let's see. Let's hear it. What color is that shirt? Is, is is that mustard? Is that what you would describe that as? Uh. Yeah, I would. I would okay. say mustard. Yeah. I mean, okay. I would. I would say yellow. Yellow. But. <laughs> I wouldn't get that pedantic, but try to be descriptive here for our audio listeners. Yeah, I'm wearing a you know, yellow hoodie. If uh, it's very if, cold if you hear in the basement. it, if you hear yellow during the summer, I think people often think of like a lighter shade yellow. That's more of a mustard. That's like a French's mustard right there. Yeah, <laughs> like a light hoodie. It's like a. It's like a. This is a basement attire for me. You know, sweaty day. Uh, got the got the uh, training camp report done. Had about forty five minutes before the show. Took a shower. Now now I'm nice and clean and warm. Now you understand why I okay with you. Take... What's that? Is that okay yeah. with you? No, but but this was the time of year, for instance, last year where where you mocked my my shower schedule. I think uh, this is like like three showers during training camp because you have the morning and you have when you get back from camp typically, and then maybe before you go to sleep. But what's I think it's it's the third shower that that is curious. I mean, it depends. What are you, you know? doing in between showers two and three? You, you you might be working out. You might go on a walk, a run, a bike ride. Um, I don't know. You might not want to get into bed with like the the filth from the past six hours. Okay, well then maybe wait a Am little right bit longer for here? shower two. I. I I'm obviously on your team, Zach. I only shower with one towel at a time, or I only use one towel at a time. So I'm definitely more of the going to bed clean kind of philosophy. Thank you. But I've Thank already you. been judged hard for that too. So <laughs> yes. I understand. I mean, I've had three within 24 hours. I, I did. I took a shower last night, then took a shower this morning, and then took a shower post practice. But I'm not going to take a third shower tonight unless I unless I like work out, which I'm not going to. Fair enough. <laughs> You're going to take, are you going to, you look like you're wearing the same shirt you wear to practice. Yeah, I, I have something tonight. So I, I'm going to shower before I go tonight. See, so you are, you are planning it around that. So, and then you're going to shower again after the thing tonight. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. (laughs) All right. I'll let you know. I think we just need to point out that Zach not only said quack this report, but he also started a conversation about the color of your sweatshirt. Which yeah. turned into a shower conversation. Yeah, so, he's getting into it. I'm trying. I'm loving yeah. it, Zach. I'm loving I'm trying. it. Thank you. EJ, EJ Smith from uh, from the Inquirer asked me today uh, if it was a like an, an athletic uniform that uh, both of us were wearing button-down long-sleeve shirts. But and what was your response? I said, no, you look, look good, you play good. You know, I'm here to be a professional. Well, I'm not always going to wear a long sleeve button down. I might wear a polo, but I'm not going to wear a t-shirt to practice. Oh, I think t-shirt's fine. 2022. Yeah, you football guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just if I, Thank if, you I the if, truth. if I extend the conversation, he said, uh, you know, it's just it's so hot. But like, I'm going to be sweating no matter what I'm wearing. If I like if I wear a, a, a fan, I'm going to be sweating. So I might as well just wear something else. I have nothing hence, to add to that. Hence the shower. I have nothing to add to that conversation. Okay. What you want to do a Quactus report, Zach? It was it was a fifty-eight minute practice. We uh, we haven't had a practice <laughs> in a long time. I let's you do know, it. Let's, let's not worry about how how long it was. Let's worry about the quality of it. Okay. Well, what stood out to you? I wrote what, what stood, out, stood out to me. So you I've, tell I've me what, read you, what you, you wrote weren't yet. you weren't uh, like writing down every little thing. So you were taking a bit more of a uh, you know, 20,000 foot view. So I want to know what stood out to you. I think Jalen looked fine. Jalen hurts. I think he looked fine. I, I think, uh, you know, there was an, and I, I guess the play that will get a lot of attention was there was, uh, the interception, the corner of the end zone that I, I actually thought Marcus Epps made a good play on the ball there. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, he had a nice touchdown pass to Quez Watkins in the right corner. Oh, I'm sorry. The left corner of, his from right facing the field, his right, my left rolling to Correct. his right. Yeah. 
Yes. A pre-planned rollout to his right. He, he threw a bit across his body and found Quez Watkins. Yep. Correct. Nick Sirianni said before practice that he's getting better with, you know, his decision-making, like making quicker decisions. That's, that's going to be a, a big thing to watch here. Um, I thought uh, personnel-wise, look, Isaac Samalu, he was the first one up, a right guard like we expected. I found it interesting that the first snap of nickel, uh, Hassan Reddick was not on the field. We'll get right? to that. Okay. Why don't you lead the discussion then? If we're gonna get no, to no, it. no, no. I'm just saying that's going to be in my draft. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, very, very quick overview. Okay. Uh, it was. I mean, it was a light practice. They had they had about uh, three sessions of team drills in the red zone. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I I thought was pretty good today, uh, for the most part, except for that interception. Uh, in which he was trying to sort of force it um, to Dallas. Got not not forcing in terms of a bad throw, but trying to sort of muscle it in there. And Marcus Epps did make a, a really nice play on the ball. The play before that was really interesting and was a good uh, a good example of like what is the point of training camp. And it was uh, it was like Jalen Hurts took like a, a two three step drop and went to throw the ball to his right. And part of the play is that Miles Sanders is faking a run up the middle. And Miles Sanders was was so close to Jalen Hurts that his shoulder hit the ball, or either either the ball or Jalen Hurts' hand as the ball as Jalen Hurts was trying to throw the ball, and it sort of popped up into the air, and it looked like it just came out of his hands. That's Brandon, what I thought happened. Brandon Graham almost intercepted it. Yeah, and you know what? This bothers me uh, because I said I was watching it. I said what happened, and and I like I told uh, I told Jeff McClain about it. I said this is what happened, and still everybody's arguing about it. Listen. I'm telling you what happened. I know what happened. Believe also, me. It's funny. We, don't need so, this, we don't need this confirmation. I told you what happened. So McLean said to me that 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 26, he, you know, 26 knocked it out. And I'm like, wait, 26 is Miles Sanders. How did that work? And then he he explained the explanation you gave. I wasn't watching practice with you at that time. I think I might have been. Correct. You know, I'm just with, saying, as the back-to-back yeah. to back to back defending best viewer of training camp. You know, maybe you are trust, very good. Maybe yeah, trust yeah. my eyes. That's all. Now, to McLean's credit, he did. He did actually then ask Jalen Hurts if that was what happened, and Jalen Hurts said, "Yes, Bo was correct. That's what happened." Yeah, I mean, you. I I've complimented you to Shields discussed many times. You are a terrific observer of practice and of games. You 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 are are very keen on particular details. You're terrific at watching offensive linemen you identify offensive linemen well very attractive. um i i think oh, it's true. actually i think it's a bow staple like baldy would, would be very proud of you here that uh when i say baldy brian baldinger that when they go into individuals you're not one of these guys who who walks over to the wide receivers and the quarterbacks you're watching jeff stoutland in the offensive line almost every day am i wrong there yeah, I mean, when they're in the position yeah. drills, that is what that's what I like. Yeah, to watch. you're you're with the old lineman, right? Like you, I'm a football guy. Yeah, you let the the people who fall for like the the fantasy football positions watch AJ Brown, you know, catch passes on on air. I go to, you're sleep, much te- more, I go to sleep texting Michael Dunn. <laughs> yeah, you're much more into the trenches. So I credit you for how you watch practice. I'm just saying, I said what happened. It's what happened. We don't need we don't need all this. Uh, you weren't watching close enough. Give me a break. Um, I I simply said not I you well, not I, you I'm okay, talking about okay. the I'm talking about the beat group as a whole like okay. I I said what I, happened I, I frankly think it would be worse if if I just nodded my head and acted like I knew that's what happened when I clearly thought the ball fell out of his hand I think it it, it takes like a dose of humility to say I was wrong there you were right that's it let's clip that for Ben Harris's next uh, <laughs> next project um, I thought uh, you know you want to talk it's like very minor uh, ups and downs this early in camp. But uh, Grant Calcaterra, the six-round pick, had a nice little day. He had two touchdowns, uh, one down the seam from from Gardner Minshew. This is like always the uh, – was was it Grant Calcaterra good or was it like the second team, third team safeties were bad? But uh, a good start for him. Uh, we can talk about some of the depth I'm not surprised by that. You were lower on that pick than I was. I, I like the Calcaterra pick. Well, I think it's less about the player than about the concussion history. Um, but I mean, if he's if he's cleared, he's cleared. I, he's I think Shield is the one who really hated that pick. Although, I, what is that his name? I forget. <laughs> Calcaterra or Shield? That, because that I, second, I, I, I've, yeah. I've messed up Calcaterra. So. 
the only better. player, the only player in the NFL with this with Cat in his name. As you can read in your yes, that's right. But there are two dogs. And how many hams? A lot of hams. Lot and the Eagles hams. signed another ham. Um, I thought uh, depth chart wise, uh, there's not too much else to note w- until we get into uh, the things we're looking forward to. But no, Jason Kelsey meant that Cam Jurgens was uh, working with the ones at center. The the Sayamalu thing is interesting. I mean, this is not a competition. The job is Isaac Sayamalu's. Nick Sayamalu or Nick Nick Sirianni. Maybe that's the the reason. Nick Sayamalu. Uh, Nick Sirianni basically said so before the start of camp. Uh, before the start of practice, he said, like, cohesion is what's important there. Isaac's been here a long time. We want him to get that work. And on top of that, Jack Driscoll today wasn't even the second team right guard. That was Coyote Awashika. Driscoll was working at right tackle. So, um, like, the idea that we were going to have one good, true training camp competition, out the window. It's the job is Sayamalos. It's still early, but yes, you're correct. Okay. All right. Let's get to this draft. And then we okay. can talk about the other things we saw during practice. You love a good draft. I love a good draft. Now, you know what? I, I kind of thought when you sent that that I'm happy to do the draft. I, I like it. I thought that the draft is something like when you get to the dog days. I thought day one, there's enough material. that, that Yeah, that but you I'm talking about – I'm trying to set the scene. This is what we okay. would have talked about if we had done a preview podcast, ah, the things true. that we are excited to follow. Now, that was nixed by corporate overlords elsewhere, but that's a, a story for another day. Um, so let you, you can have the uh, number one overall pick, Zach. This is not a competition draft. This is this yes. is a, 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 a an excuse for discussion. Well, this is an obvious one, but if Jalen Hurts is in fact, like he says, a breed of one, right? I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm interested in watching Jalen Hurts. This is I'm running a story now that will go up tomorrow, and it's it's kind of a combination of Hurts and expectations of the team. But but basically, I think we can agree that 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 there are heightened expectations about the Eagles this year. They had a good offseason. There's a lot of buzz about this team going into the season, but the reality is it all kind of falls upon Jalen Hurts progressing and not regressing. Like even if he's stagnant, I don't think that's good enough. Uh, so how Jalen Hurts does, and I use the caveat that uh, Jalen Hurts, in my two years covering him, has been a better game day player than practice player. We've discussed this. Uh, practice is a setting where Sam Bradford can thrive. It's a controlled environment. You get rid of the ball quickly. Boy. Um, what Jalen Hurts does does exceedingly well relative to other quarterbacks is plays off schedule, and you don't usually get that during training camp. But I I want to see how Jalen looks. I I, I want to see accuracy. I want to see timing. Um, and all the intangibles, like I know it's there. I don't need to see the team rally around him. I know that happens. I don't need to see the, you know, like uh, how hard you ever he's working. So much made of a, of a T-shirt? Nice. Have I ever seen what? So much made of a T-shirt. The uh, the T-shirt that Nick Sirianni wore today was the Jalen Hurts T-shirt, which he has yes. worn like several times before. Yeah, I have actually. We covered Sirianni during the Dallas week last year. Yeah, that's that true. was one. I mean, Sirianni's T-shirts get a lot of play. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts' progress, Jalen Hurts kind of, I don't think we'll know at the end of camp whether he's taken that step. But I think Jalen Hurts needs to have a good summer. I think I didn't think he was particularly good on the aggregate last summer. And uh, I'm curious to see if he's better this year. Yeah, I think, you know, training camp is not the uh, the scene to decide whether Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback or a bad quarterback. But in the uh, areas in which Nick Sirianni said specifically he needs to improve, uh, you know, making quicker decisions and being more accurate with the ball. Those are the things that you can sort of uh, judge in training camp. So uh, yeah, I think, I think you need to see him be better than he was last year. And I I thought he was okay last year, but um, yeah, I think that is, that is absolutely the number one thing to follow. So uh, good. Well said by you. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm interested in this, this defensive like scheme and whether we're really going to see them be as, as multiple as they are. And so for practice today, uh, you know, they had they were bouncing back and forth between four, three and three, four looks. And uh, sometimes that meant that, like you said, like Hassan Reddick was not in the field or uh, now again, you know, Fletcher Cox was not practicing today, but it's like uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu and two other defensive tackles on the line. And you got Brandon Graham and, you know, Reddick or Josh Schwett standing up. Um, now, that would be probably Jordan Davis if if 
he were ready. But um, I, what worries me from a big picture standpoint is like, are you trying to be uh, like the master of all trades or the, the jack of all trades and the master of none? Like, is it like on paper, the best the best defense is one that can be multiple, right? That can that can be very good uh, in odd fronts and very good in even fronts and uh, answer every question. But practically, you know, are the players able to do that? Um, like, is it is it too much, too many moving parts? Like in the heat of a game, like it's the first day of practice, so this is not a big deal. But there was a play at the end of uh, the session today where like Avante Maddox had to run off the field at the last second yep, because that. he didn't really like there were 12 people on the field. They didn't know what what package it was supposed to be. By the Again, way, he 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 ran to the back of the end zone, right, the right. sideline. That was interesting. Right. He just got off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, not, it's not a game. And uh, like this is a, a one minor thing that happens on the first day of training camp. And like there are defenses that are very static and have 12 men on the field. So. It's not necessarily uh, causation, but it's just like it's in my head a little bit that like, are you trying to do too much? Um, and will it be as easy to do that come, um, you know, the uh, foam bullets being live in in the course of the regular season? I don't know. That's a that's a fair question. I, I actually like flexibility and versatility on defense because, you know, I, I think that um you're going to see different offenses on a given week and you need to be able to adjust to the way different offenses play. And if you're going to want to play that way, then you need players who can, you know, fit different styles. Uh, that said, I also think that you need your best players on the field, right? And you need your, you, you need to maximize your best players. And it's, it's like I, I said about, uh, you know, Sirianni and Hurts last year that you need to coach the quarterback you have and not the quarterback you want, right? Um, and and maybe that's not a good way to frame it. I, I don't think he didn't want Hurts, but I, I just meant like there was a time last year where I felt they were trying to have Hurts play like Phil Rivers, and it's he's not Phil Rivers. The same thing on 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 defense. You fewer need children. <laughs> correct. Fewer children. That is correct. Um, <laughs> uh, at the same time, you need to play the defense based on the personnel that you have and not try to make your personnel play a certain defense. So uh, I, I don't object to the way they're, they're playing this year, but you know, if I'm very curious to see the way that they, they, they use Hassan Reddick because he is clearly um, a unique player, right? Um, but it's a waste of $15 million per year. If you're not leaning into what he does well, if you're taking Hassan Reddick and say, you know, fit into my scheme, then I'm I'm saying you did a poor job planning there. Okay, this is my this is I'll I'll just make my draft pick here. We'll we'll make okay. it a, a yeah. snake because this is uh my next one is is getting angry about Hassan Reddick's <laughs> usage. That's what I'm excited about. And it took it took one snap today. Uh the first like the first play he's not on the field. The second play he's lined up on the outside and he drops into coverage and uh like vacates a space where Kenny Gainwell scores a touchdown. And I think I think he was on the field uh, for like I don't know eight snaps today and dropped on like seven of them. Like uh, again, day one, you're trying to get the 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 stuff down. Like now is the time to experiment. It's the same thing as like last year. There were many more three four looks in camp than there were in the regular season. Gannon I think decided that this wasn't going to be uh, what what they did. Now is the time to experiment with all that stuff. But I mean. <laughs> If if that's like any indication of how he's going to be used, where like when he is on the field, he's only rushing the passer, I don't know, sixty percent of the time. Uh, uh, like, what are we doing? I agree. Like, what are we doing? It's, I mean, it's exactly what you said. Like he, they gave him thirty million dollars guaranteed because he's been as productive a pass rusher as there has been in the league the past two years. Like, let's let's uh, enough of the messing around here. Like, exactly. let him go. Also, I, I don't think it's something you need to experiment with, right? Like, yeah, you know, I, I even if it's if it's contingencies or or anything like that, no, you know, I, it, with with fear of making Hassan Reddick sound like Bobby Boucher, because I understand there's a lot that goes into it, right? Go get the guy who has the ball, right? Yes. Like, just go run at him. You what what you do well 
And and by this the team way, was second worst in the league in sacks last year. Go like let him go. And if you look at Hassan Reddick's history, when he's underperformed or underachieved, it's been when defensive coaches have tried to do what we're talking about. Right. It's like Maybe they, he it's can like, play. It's like they signed him because Gannon loved his Cardinals tape from his first three <laughs> yeah. years instead of <laughs> instead of his Panthers yeah. tape. It's it's like once the Cardinals realized, all right, let's just have this guy go get the quarterback. He had what X amount of sacks against the Giants that game. He's had double digit sacks both the past two years. This is one where conventional wisdom is like conventional wisdom for a reason. Don't outsmart the room. Have Hassan Reddick rush the quarterback. Yeah, I think I, I think this is going to be a season long story. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I wrote it like it took it. I mean, I'm just writing on my notes like he's doing it again. He's doing it again. Yeah. It's like it was like the Jason Lee and Mallrats scene. I just it was. And I got to say, like, I think I I think Gannon, you know, I think he's he's a, a bright guy and a real good coordinator or uh, I don't I, th I think he's a real bright guy and he can be a good coordinator. And we'll see how this defense is. I think he has good ideas. But if what we saw today is how they use the plan Reddick, then uh yeah, I, I think that's very problematic. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm trying. I'm yeah. I'm trying very much not to make too yeah. much of one day. Um, but yeah. yes, it was. It was. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's on my radar. So right, then on picks, the sorry. yeah. So on on the uh, topic of major offseason acquisitions, um, I'm going AJ Brown here. Right. AJ Brown physically looks different than the other receivers. Right. He is. He is. You know the the physical style that Shield often talked about, that is apparent when you simply see him. Uh, you put him next to Devontae Smith, and no disrespect you know, to Devontae Smith, but you know, it would be like uh, if, if Brandon Lee Gowton's standing next to me. You know, I, I think you would see the disparity, right, in terms of uh, – that was a self-deprecating joke there. Um, people, uh, our listeners have He's to tough. know who – Yeah. yeah. Um, so in, in any respect, uh, A.J. Brown is um, – is going to be such a big part of this team for years to come. I want to see uh, not just how he moves, how he's used, but but just like you know, he's the type of player who I think um, you know can do something every day where you're, where where you're just like, all right, that guy's really good. And speaking to him after after practice, he made some good points about. Uh, you know, he was defending Jalen Hurts when he was saying we we can't overstate a practice performance because, you know, players are often trying different things, um, you know, similar to what you hear in spring training with pitchers, right? And A.J. Brown said, he, you know, he, he might be incorporating something that he saw on the Internet recently. So I asked him what the last thing he saw on the, on the, on the Internet was that he's putting in his game. And he mentioned uh, something with the way Elijah Moore kind of, um, you know, uh, I don't have the exact terminology in, in, in front of me, but kind of, you know, sells the trap yeah, top. top. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like uh, the setter step at, at the top, if you will. And uh, and so I, I kind of want to see different things A.J. Brown does every day that shows you why this guy's a $20 million a year wide receiver. I think that's good. I have on here uh, something similar, just the, the dynamic between those top three receivers. Um, because, you know, A.J. Brown comes in as – the guy that you just described, um, you know, the plug and play number one wide receiver. You've got Devontae Smith, who's coming off an excellent rookie season, and you would expect him to take a leap. Quez Watkins, I think, is is a, a, a very good number three receiver. We already saw him make some plays today. And so, uh, like, the whether it's, like, spreading the ball around or just, like, what is the dynamic between these guys personally uh, – on and off the field uh, that we get to see. I'm, I'm curious about all that. And uh, to sprinkle in a little uh, sugar on the A-gap in terms of the Quackness report, A.J. Brown today had that touchdown in the beginning of practice um, from Jalen Hurts, and then he also had a catch and, uh, like, stripped by T.J. Edwards. So uh, a solid day, but he said he was disappointed because of that, that one play. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, so then my my second one here, um, and, and we te- I don't want to say we teased this, we discussed this at the top of the show, but I I want to see what the injury report looks like going into you know the week three, week four of of practice here. Um, you know, I, it's not hyperbole to say I was looking through my notes last night when I was doing a training camp primer. Um, this this is the healthiest that I can recall the Eagles being during my time covering the team going into camp. And that's not, you know, I, I, I know if they get injuries, you know, people are, are going to say you, that you, that you jinx them. No, like I, I get that there are going to be injuries throughout camp. It's, it's the unfortunate reality of training camp. Football is a collision sport. Um, even though there's not as many collisions during training camp, uh, that said, Looking like a true you know, concussion uncle. there are often, you know, every year I can think of, there are guys on the side, um, often high-profile players on the side, whether it's been Carson Wentz coming off injury, Rodney McLeod coming off injury. Carson you know, Wentz just, coming off injury. Yeah, Jeremy Macklin coming off injury, right? there. there Carson there's Wentz all, coming off injury. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you look at it, not to belittle those three players that I mentioned, but Tyree Jackson, Brett Toth, and Richard Rodgers aren't necessarily players who the Eagles are, like, building their – Playoff wow, hopes around, Rod, right? another stray. Him and, Cl- him and Cliff Kingsbury, tough episode. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I, I want to see how the Eagles are going into Cleveland week and then uh, obviously how they are going into uh, the regular season. Okay. Marissa, do you have any uh, things you'd like to draft that you're excited about the next couple of weeks? I'm trying to I, – I, I don't um, want to forget about Marissa. Uh, joint practices. Can I be excited about mm, that? That's a great <laughs> like Got to stay on brand, right? Um, no, Zach and I were actually discussing this earlier. Uh, I don't know if it's I'm excited about, but it's interesting is the the new helmets that they're wearing. Yes. yes. The um, guardian so, caps is what they're Yeah. Ho- hopefully that helps with head injuries, obviously, but I think it, it's interesting. And yeah, I- these are now for those of you who don't know, these are these like they're black, they're like sort of cushy and they're enormous. They make everybody look like uh, John Brown uh, on the Cardinals back in the, uh, a couple of years ago, like Marvin the Martian. So, yeah, not to be confused with the Cleveland baseball team's caps. Nice. That's good. <laughs> you got to sell that a little more. Sell that joke. Um, <laughs> They're funny. They're called Michael's- garden caps. That's why. If, if, oh, yeah. garden yeah, yeah, yeah. caps. Yeah. Have you said anything? <laughs> yes. uh, has Michael said anything? <laughs> Sorry, about Zach. Them? That Where's one went right over me. <laughs> um, no, I have not talked to him about them okay. yet. Um, so I'm. I I saw a bunch of different teams on Twitter. I didn't know if it was like across the league. Um, so yeah, I'll have to. I think it's. I think it's mandated, like for certain positions. Like all the offensive linemen had to wear them. Yeah, uh, and it was fun. I, I didn't hear what he said, but when Kelsey sauntered out like 20 minutes late from practice, he walked over to Lane and like pointed towards the helmet, and Lane said something that made Kelsey laugh. So that's a good story for me to tell you, <laughs> as really. Lane is wont to do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, I will go with um, uh, the linebackers are interesting to me. Um, like, how is this rotation going to work with Nicobe Dean? Basically, can Nicobe Dean force his way onto the field early? Um, you've got TJ Edwards and Kaiser white at the top and Nicobe Dean trying to work his way in, uh, among them. And my sense, I don't know what you feel, Zach, and, and maybe this won't play out over the next, uh, two weeks because linebackers are a particularly difficult position to evaluate, um, during training camp. But like my expectation is that Nicobe Dean is going to be on the field early, uh, and often. And I, I like, if I had to put turkeys on which of those three is going to end up playing the most snaps this season. I think I would put my, my, the most uh, turkeys on Nicobe Dean. That's interesting. Um, I'd probably say Kaiser white, but I can certainly see that. Right. I mean, I think TJ Edwards, even though TJ Edwards was first up today, I think it's going to be, it's ultimately going to be Dean and white as your top two linebackers, assuming Nicobe Dean stays healthy. Okay. You're not, you're not, he doesn't move your needle point. No, big time. I mean, I'm very excited to see Nicobe Dean, right? Like I, he's, I said he was an outstanding pick. I, I thought they should have taken him in round two. 
I, I, I thought that if, if they, uh, if they had that, uh, pick that they traded for AJ Brown, if you told me they were going to take Nicobe Dean there, I would have said, I don't love a linebacker there, but I don't think that's like horrible value. I, I, I think he was the best linebacker in college football last year, captain of the national champions. Uh, also so, the office. Yes, exactly. Um, so speaking of uh, the national champions last year, Jordan Davis, I'm yeah. very intrigued about seeing Jordan Davis. Uh, you know, I saw him today playing similarly to how he did at Georgia, you know, in terms of the way he was lining up. And I'm, you know, I, I am, uh, you're not going to see like a true pass rush during training camp, but I want to see if he can penetrate the pocket. And what's interesting is that if you look at Jason Kelsey's career, the defensive tackles who've caused him trouble, if you will, have been, you know, the, these, these real big nose tackle types, right? You know, he's, he's your better. Dexter against, Lawrence's. Yeah. He's better against your, your slippery, you know, like, like three technique D tackles than, and, and he's been against, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the Vita Vays. Uh, I'm sorry. I was better with front. I, I vowed to be better with pronunciations this year. I you weren't far um, off on that one. And so Jordan Davis, seeing him go against Jordan Davis, I, I don't know how often they're going to take snaps against each other in practice drills, but I want to see that because I want to see if he pushes the pocket. I want to see if he can have the impact in practice that he had when he was on the field at Georgia. I'm excited to see Jordan Davis. He worked today as the uh, second team nose tackle. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a big boy. He looks he looks like a big guy out there, as you would expect. Yeah, I tried making a joke today um, where I was standing with Dave Zingaro and Tim McManus, and they were saying how it's not as sunny out. And I said, I think Jordan Davis is blocking it. And uh, <laughs> they sold that one similar to the way you guys sold the Guardian. Yeah, and I, like said, I said I got to work on my material, right? Because I'm probably going to recycle that joke on on days when the sun's not out. And so I, I need to figure out the correct. I hope there are lots of those days. Line. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to finding my my crush. That's 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 what don't I'm looking Rachel forward that, to. Yeah. Uh, that's what that's what the camp is all about. Uh, and I don't know where it's going to come from. I uh, I'd like to maybe not have it be an offensive lineman again, but the heart wants what the heart wants. So uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But that's I mean that's what I'm excited for. But that's you less. You strike uh, me as a Britain Kobe guy. What possibly? <laughs> Could make me could make you think that I would like Britton Covey. I believe on your fifty-three man roster projection over the summer, didn't you have him on there? Or... I might have, but I mean, yeah, that might have okay. just been for S and G. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he and he's uh, he he doesn't necessarily fit your profile in that he's much older than a typical rookie. You are an mm -hmm. ageist, as we've established. But uh, I, I, I'm wondering I actually if I have I ever had a have I ever had a white camp crush. I don't know where I don't you're going know. with this one. I'm Have just, you ever I'm had curious. a repeat camp crush? Mm, not not typically uh, within the rules, but I'm not okay. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, Coyote, if he takes yeah, a huge step. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I like to find an undrafted He's ineligible. Rookie, but yeah. I don't know. There's no rules when it comes to games of the heart. Carrie <laughs> uh, Vincent Jr. is a player I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see. I think yeah. he can be a, a camp crush. Yeah, I don't like second-year guys, but I think you're right. I think he's a very interesting player. I that I have here is is I'm just very excited to to watch these depth corners. Um, and to the thing I said earlier, like it's going to be hard because they may not get a ton of reps. But uh, I I think Kerry Vincent is the guy that I'm most intrigued by uh, as well. Tay Gowan is a little bit taller. He worked on the outside today. Kerry Vincent had a nice uh, pass breakup at at one point um, during practice today. Mac McCain was involved. Uh, those three guys were going in and out with the twos and threes. Uh, Jimmy Moreland was the number three slot behind Josiah Scott. And then those undrafted guys, again, they got like two or three reps. So I want to see those guys. I want to see who flashes. Maybe it'll be more about one-on-ones, but um, that's like, it's an interesting group. And I think, you know, it's by design, right? Like they went and got all those guys hoping that somebody's going to hit knowing in part that Darius Slay is uh, 31. You know, they they signed James Bradbury because uh, they don't, they probably like, you know, Zach McPherson's not ready for prime time. And he actually did, he got dusted by Jalen Rager today, McPherson did. But 
Um, like there's a good, neither of those guys is guaranteed to be here next year. So there's, I think they're going to carry six corners um, based on just wanting to have those young guys in, in the building. I would agree there. Uh, we saw on the screen, Marissa put it up. How did the track and field guy do today? That is Devin Allen. Uh, he was in my notes a few times. I mean, uh, you know, this has nothing to do with performance, but when you wear number 39 as a wide receiver, you kind of do a double take a few times, right? Like, like what's he doing out there? Um, but, uh, you know, you can see that he moves, he, he, he moves decently. He didn't do anything that, you know, I, I would say jumped out to me. Like this is, you know, this is a player who's, who's going to be on the team yet, but certainly, uh, given his profile, he's, he's someone we're going to watch quite a bit this summer. Is that fair uh, to say? Yeah, I think that's oh definitely fair to say. I didn't okay. he did not stand out to me in any way today, but I am uh, curious to see if that speed plays um, at some point. Uh, I'll I'll give you my last one. My last one is is the uh, number three quarterback uh, yeah. competition. Uh, Reed Sinet got the reps with during team drills today. Carson Strong got a couple reps in uh, seven on sevens. I mean, I, th I would say that Carson Strong is the favorite just based on the guaranteed money that he got, but uh, I'm, I don't think that's a fait accompli. I think. Um, I think Carson Strong may not, may just not be ready for prime time. It's possible. And as as you wrote in, and I recommend all our listeners and viewers check out Bo's uh, offense and, and and defense uh, breakdown. What was your favorite? What was your favorite nugget? Well, so I was I was gonna say your assessment of Carson Strong based on mm. the uh, that video, the chops. Yeah, you, which you were, like everybody you should watch. Sell, that. Yeah, you want him to sell the garlic bread more. No, no, like sense at all of dynamicness to his personality how is that guy gonna run a huddle he's got no chance i'm out that's my that's my like uh nolan now rocky take is that after seeing that i'm out on carson strong he can't that guy's not not strong enough to be a leader of men so on on your defense one you include and, and by the way i'm not making an assessment of carson strong based off that video but there those are your uh boalytics your your bow football focus yeah. there um in your defense piece, you you clued uh, me in yesterday in our call with our editor to uh, check out the Blankenship one. And mm. I, you no, know, that what? joke was edited, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to speak out. Okay. All right. It's okay. Uh, I, so I was going to ask you, though, you went with the strike through and not the, I, I like, like if I think sign your name on the blank, the blank is on the mar, you know, is on the line. It's mm. not in the middle, right? So you, so you made it like strike through ship. Well, no. Originally, it was written as nothing. It was just a space. Oh. It was space and then end ship. Okay. And that was edited to uh, to uh, the, okay. that, that long oh, well. M dash. And so, yeah, I, I think yeah. an underline might have worked uh, yeah. a little bit better. But I, you know, I'm, I'm saying gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm yeah. not gonna argue okay. over uh, um, over the over, over a throwaway blanket ship joke. Your uh, center rankings. I'm curious, the center city rankings. Mm, first time in Dude. history, first time in three years that Philadelphia has dropped out of the top spot. So was that because of, of Nathan McKinnon and the fact that they won the Stanley Cup? Or was it, you know, are you a Jokic over Embiid guy? Well, it's a good question. I I have always, in all three years, ranked, Joke, or ranked Embiid over Jokic, and I stand by that. Uh, now, the thing is, I don't know anything about what's going on in hockey. And so I was going by like total points that these centers scored last year. And uh, Sean Couturier was injured for yes. most of the year. So he was all the way down at 10, which is maybe most of the flyers. Yes. Right. And so maybe that's, uh, maybe that's too low for him. Um, but his, his ranking at 10 versus, uh, versus Nathan, Nathan McKinnon being number yeah. one is, is what swayed it. And, you know, the Avs won the cup. So. That's right. You can check out the outstanding coverage on the athletic that Peter Ball did uh, of the Avalanche. Hmm. Um, so I would say, what are the rules of one, Peter Ball? Oh, Peter Ball. That's right. Yeah. Did I pronounce that correctly? I thought you said Ball. No, no, no. I know Ball. that his B name is Peter Ball. B a u g h. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so, what are the rules of Peter Ball? You tell me. <laughs> uh, my last one is the look. This. I don't want to say I'm, I'm playing to the crowd here, but uh, the former heralded receivers or heavily invested wide receivers, the last stand of Jalen Rager and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think I, that's good. I see, you know, J.J. at tight end. I want to see, you know, what Jalen Rager does. Um, and, 
you know, someone asked me today if I think Jalen Rager is going to be on the team. And the, the truth is this. It would cost the Eagles a lot of money to cut him, right? I mean, if they trade him for someone else's underperforming player, uh, that's a possibility. I think that if he can be like a, a productive depth receiver, I shouldn't say productive, uh, you know, a depth receiver who, who can give you juice every now and then, who can help you in the, in the return game, that's fine, right? Like that's, that's what you, it's, the draft pick itself is a sunk cost. Justin Jefferson is not walking through that door, right? So if if you accept Jalen Rager for what he is now, if he can give you that, that's fine. What you can't afford are negative plays, Wait, like we saw last year in the Bucks game, right? If if you can't rely on him to catch the ball in the return game, if you have no use for him on offense, um, then even if there is a cap hit, you just need to move on. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Jalen Rager does this offseason. I'm well, sorry, to your true. point, there's there's a, a pretty significant cap difference. You know, it, it it's about a four million dollar difference versus if they cut him versus trade him. Yep, exactly. Um, and uh, like I'm with you, is Jalen Rager wired to be a, like a, a a try hard, do the dirty work, fifth or sixth receiver? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I don't know that they know the answer to that. I would I would say that like what we've seen in the first two years is not really that um you know he hasn't he hasn't contributed on special teams in any way other than being a a mediocre uh, returner um i mean he's not it would be it would be shocking if he is able to ascend to the top four receivers right now like you've got the top three pretty set and i would imagine that zach pascal is going to be that number four um now you don't you don't want to throw him away if you still think there is upside. It's it's their job to de- to determine if he can still do that. Um, but I think it is interesting. Uh, he 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 was it was a very Jalen Rager type day today. He was up and down. He had a really nice move to beat Zach McPherson for a touchdown early in practice, and then McPherson knocked the ball away on the next pass that went his way. Uh, there were a couple other plays, and like I just I don't see the explosiveness in game situations that the Eagles thought they were getting when they drafted him. And I don't know, like really big picture what he's bringing to the table for them. And so I think, I think you're right. If, if they, if anybody around the league is willing to offer anything for him, somebody in the chat uh, said, trade him for a punter. Like, I think that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I imagine he's going to be hyped up on the ringer though. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Do we have that clip, uh, Marissa? Okay. We do. We do. Uh, Shall I play it? Yeah. Do it. Should we? Should we make it the outro, or should we uh, come back from it? Let's make it the outro. Okay. okay. Um, so, anything else that we need to talk about, Zach? Set us up for the rest of the week. Yeah. So the Eagles have a walkthrough tomorrow, like we discussed, uh, and then there. So, so we are not at the walkthroughs, by the way. We're talking about it like the audience knows. Right. Uh, and that means we will not have a podcast, but we yeah. will have a podcast. We're, um, we're doing daily pods. Yes, Brain exactly. Camp, baby. Make sure you guys check out Bo's um, story uh, or, or his practice observations today. He'll be your eyes and ears from the first day of practice. I'm going to have a story that's up tomorrow uh, on you know some of the things that were said today. And then the Eagles are back on the practice field 10 a.m. Friday. Jonathan Gannon will speak before practice. So we'll have updates there. They're back on the practice field Saturday as well, 10 a.m. And then uh, they are off on Sunday. Um, and then we'll be back out there Monday. So that's kind of the upcoming days. And we'll have – are we doing I, – I guess we can flesh this out off the air. But are we doing weekend pods as well? I don't know. Marissa, what do you think? I don't make the rules here. <laughs> you're the one who's got to actually do that. Like we got to do our writing yeah. anyway. So you're the one who's screwed over. doesn't matter. <laughs> We can figure it out. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll say that. So we're, we're, we're definitely back Friday, potentially back Saturday. Definitely here Monday. And, and you know, we'll go from there. All right. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for the first uh, episode of Craning Camp, Birds with Friends, 2022. Uh, we'll, we'll play things out with uh, the one submission that we had for the Ospreys that we decided uh, would not pair with uh, Shields going away um, so that he wouldn't get in trouble. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's offensive, but uh, you know, we'll we'll play it out because it's a nice night nice nod to the uh, the new digs for our former colleague.
Hey there, child. This is Bill Simmons, your new boss at TheRinger.com. We're so excited for you to come aboard, and we'll be putting you to work right away. First, we're going to see if you can break the Capadia curse on Ryan Russillo's love life. He's lonely, folks. You'll also be hosting a brand new podcast at The Ringer, The Re-City of Godables. Every week, you'll rewatch City of God at least three times and figure out once and for all if movies exist. You won't do it alone, though. You'll be joined by a star-studded cast of guests. Cybernetic Malcolm Gladwell, Joe Throckmorton, my buddy Bug Turd, Cousin Kinsey, Tony Pauline, both the Belvedere Boys, and former NFL cornerback Devontae Big Bows Bowsby? Shile, the entire athletic community, and BWF sickos will miss you. And your legs. They tell me that you're a good writer and podcast host, but an even better guy. I have you pegged as one of the 13 best NFL minds in the world right now. But after working with me, I think you can be in the top seven. I really do. I'll wrap this up now. I know how much you hate rambling. Plus, I have to record an ad read for the world's first hand cream designed exclusively for vasectomy patients. <laughs> but first, Pearl Jam. All right. Well, for Kill a Cow. I, I had nothing to do with that. I just want the record to state. I had nothing to do with that. I am a big fan of those podcasts. None of us had anything to do with it. That was a, a listener submission. So shout out to Kill a Cow. Uh, that was not requested. That was that was him going rogue. So uh, for Killa Cal and Elijah and Marissa and Zach, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, we love you.